This is the Doubles Only Tennis Podcast, where you learn the best tips and strategies in the world to help you become a smarter, more effective tennis player. You'll hear interviews with pro tour doubles players and coaches, including easy-to-use lessons to improve your game and win more matches. My name is Will Bocek, founder of the Tennis Tribe, doubles strategy coach, and host of the show. Hey everyone, in this episode, we're going to talk about the differences between 18 plus doubles and 40 plus doubles. A few weeks ago, I was playing a 9-0 mixed match and one of my teammates had just gotten off the court. He won in a really tight third set uh, after I think he was down really big early and made some adjustments and uh, he and his partner came back and won. And when he got off the court, he asked me, how do you beat teams like that? And what he was referring to is a team that played with a lot of consistency, a lot of control. Uh, They used a lot of variety on their shots, and they didn't miss much. They didn't beat themselves. And they were both uh, in their 50s, I believe. Uh, And he said, you should do a podcast episode on how to play against older players who are a little bit more crafty like that. So that is where... Uh, the idea for this podcast came from. So what we're talking about really is is playing against two different playing styles. One is not always, but typically the older player who misses less, who has more control, who uses a little more variety, and has more experience on the doubles court. Typically older players are uh, a little bit better strategically because they have just spent more time playing doubles. Uh, Again, This is not always true, but this is kind of in general um, what seems to be true. Uh, And then the 18 plus player or 18 to 39, usually uh, one difference for them is they're going to be a lot faster on the court so they can run more balls down uh, and then they have a lot more power, uh, or at least that is often the case. So that means they have a harder serve, they have harder ground strokes. Um, they might be able to hit the ball with a lot more spin. Uh, They have a lot more pace on their overhead, things like that. So those are the big differences, and that's the two kind of playing styles I'm going to talk about here today. And how do we beat each of those different playing styles if we come up against, uh, A, a team that is in that, um, we're going to call it a 40-plus team, um, even though that's not always true. Again, we're overgeneralizing. Uh, or how do we beat a 18 to 39 team? So to start, let's talk about strategy for beating a 40 plus team. So when we're playing a team that is a little bit older and maybe they don't move as well, but they don't miss a lot. They have a lot of control. They use a lot of variety. Uh, in today's episode, we're calling them the 40 plus team. The key to beating a team like this is to not beat yourself. So When you think about how they win matches, they probably don't hit a lot of winners, uh, and they often just make you uncomfortable and force you into mistakes. So the key is to not beat yourself, not make too many mistakes. Uh, And I'm going to talk about how to do that here in a second, but I wanted to tell a story to help kind of illustrate this. Um, Back in college, I was playing a a practice tiebreaker against our number two player. I think at the time I was probably four or five on the team. He was a really good player, and he came up to the net on this point, and I lobbed him and hit a really high um, 
high lob and it landed on the baseline and he ran back and tried to hit an overhead off of it and he missed it in the net got real frustrated and my coach stopped both of us and he said uh i'm gonna call the guy john because i I don't want to give his name out but he said hey john uh how many of those do you think you can make out of 10 and john said oh i don't know probably eight or nine and he said, okay, I, I really think that's a bad shot there. You really need to just get that back into play. And he goes, coach, I make that all the time. And he said, okay, I'm going to go feed you 10 balls right now. So he fed him 10 overheads that had to land uh, within three feet of the baseline. So he, it would land near the baseline, it would bounce up, and he would try to smack an overhead. And he ended up only making four of them. So four out of 10. So that means he's uh, at best, winning 40% of those points. So what we can take away from that story is uh, a lot of us, especially younger players, and I've noticed this about myself uh, several years ago and had to make some adjustments, and I still notice this when I play kids who are either in high school or in college or just out of college. Um, a lot of the time we have a shot that we can make 40% of the time and we don't understand that it's not the right shot because we feel like it should go in because we can make it 40% of the time. So when we're playing these 40 plus teams, a lot of the time what we'll do is try to continue to overpower them and and swing harder and we'll hit a forehand winner and we'll be like, okay, we're figuring it out, but then we'll miss the next two and then we'll hit a forehand winner again. And then we'll say, okay, now I've got it like this time I've got it. And then maybe we'll make two in a row and it's, we'll say, okay, I, I figured this out now. My forehand technique is is fixed. Uh, I should be able to get through this match. And then we'll miss another two or three in a row. And then we'll make one. And then we'll miss them. And we never make any adjustments. But we think that we should be able to make that forehand, you know, eight, nine out of ten times. Uh, in the in the case of my college teammate, it was, it was an overhead from the baseline, which is a lot more difficult shot. But you, you understand the point I'm trying to say here is that we don't need a try to overpower the team, go for too much. And we need to have kind of the self-awareness to know, uh, am I going to be able to hit that winner? Am I going to be able to overpower them consistently enough uh, so that it's well above 50%? Because making four out of 10 feels, it's kind of in that gray range where we, um, as players, feel like we should be able to use it as a winning strategy. But it's really an area where we can fool ourselves into thinking that that's the case. Uh, so we want to really be thinking about that on the court and not beat ourselves against this team. So uh, how do we not beat ourselves? We obviously have to stay patient. We have to save our power. Um, so if you're listening to this and you're 25 or 30 years old, or uh, I'm 32, so even even my age, uh, I come up against teams like this all the time. And Uh, I can hit with more power than them, but it's often not the best strategy. We have to stay patient and wait for the short ball and save our power for those shots. Save our our advantage that we have in, in pace and power for those short balls. So how do we draw those short balls? How do we get those? Uh, The answer, unsurprisingly, is not to hit with a lot of power. Um, we need to be experimenting with depth, with direction, with spin, with height, and figure out what 
not the the weakness of the opponent is maybe we call it a weakness but um which type of shot is most likely to draw that short ball and then we can move forward and then we can finish the point so with a lot of players you can find a weakness and attack it and they will just make an error but with a lot of these uh again we're calling them 40 plus teams they don't have a weakness that they're going to make a lot of errors on. They don't make a lot of errors in general, but their weakness means they're leaving the ball short and they're giving us an opportunity to finish the point off. So we have to stay patient and look for that. Uh, In the past, I've done an episode on how to uh, attack and and find someone's weakness, and I'll link to that in the show notes. Uh, Go to thetennistribe.com slash podcast and you can find all the episodes. But Again, a lot of uh, a lot of players uh, will prefer a deeper ball to a shorter ball, or they'll prefer top spin to slice, or they'll prefer a high ball up by the shoulder instead of a low ball down by their knees. So you have to experiment with all these different variables and figure out which one of which type of shot is the opponent likely to give us a short ball. Then we can move forward. Then we can use our power to hit through them or hit a winner. Uh, Another common strategy for this 40-plus doubles team, uh, as we're calling it, is the lob, right? We can't just get to the net because they're going to lob us. They're really good at lobbing. So again, I'll include links uh, in the show notes to all of the content I've created on how to counter the lob. Uh, I have podcast episodes, YouTube videos, uh, and blog posts on this. So uh, I've already um, done a lot on this, and I'll, I'll include all that. But in general, we want to be, like I said, experimenting with all these variables so that we can figure out how we can get the lob to land a little bit shorter. Uh, another strategy you can use to counter the lob is make sure you have your best baseliner back at the baseline, and then the other player can move forward to the net. And that way, uh, your better player from the baseline can set up the net player because the net player probably won't get involved for a lot of the point until the very end. Um, so that baseline player is going to be able to uh, try to push the opponent back with depth or uh, give them a low ball if they struggle with that, whatever it might be. But again, I'll include links to all this uh, in the show notes with more information. But the key for beating these teams that are a little bit more crafty Uh, they play with a lot of consistency is to really not beat yourself. Um, You really have to be patient and figure out what draws that short ball, move forward, and then you're able to finish it off. So the next thing I want to do for anyone out there who plays against the younger crowd, and maybe you struggle against pace. Uh, I know that's the case for me a lot of the time, uh, especially when I'm playing at the net. Maybe you have trouble winning those cross-court rallies against some of the you know, 20, 25, 30-year-olds because uh, they're so good at those cross-court rallies. How do we beat a team like that? What's the best strategy for playing a team uh, in that 18 to 39 range? So the first thing we have to think about when we're playing against a younger team who hits the ball hard, they are really good from the baseline, they hit with a lot of spin, a lot of power, uh, and they're really fast. The first thing we have to think about is the match is really on their racket. If they 
are able to land all their shots, they have a better quality shot than us. Uh, I played, um, in the last episode, I talked about a mixed match where we played against two um, college-age kids, and in singles, my partner and I would have gotten crushed. Uh, there's there's no doubt about it. They had better serves, better forehands. Um, we might have had a little better volleys, but in singles, you know, um, the baseline uh, player will win that matchup a lot of the time. So uh, how, how do we counter this? How do we make sure that we make adjustments so that uh, they miss more shots? Um, it's a pretty simple strategy, uh, but a lot of players or a lot of teams struggle to find this. So um, the first step is we want to find this the weakness and attack it. Uh, you've pro- you're probably doing that in every match you play. Um, a couple of places to start for this type of player. Uh, if you're playing against guys, usually these college players will be really good at cross-court rallies. When they were in high school or playing at their junior academy, their coaches probably had them hit 100 balls cross-court. And they're hitting with another junior player who hits with a lot of power, a lot of depth, a lot of spin, um, top spin that is. And they're really used to hitting those cross-court rallies. So we're not going to win that matchup. We've got to get that out of our head. Um, So what we want to do is find other weaknesses and play like that 40-plus team. We really want to use a lot of variety, uh, use more spins. One thing I've noticed for guys who hit with a lot of power is if you serve pretty slow to their backhand, they struggle with that a lot. Um, that's true of me. Uh, if you if you ever play me in a match, you should hit slow serves to my backhand, uh, and I'm probably going to struggle with those a, a little bit more than um, than you know a more powerful uh, serve or a really fast kick serve. So we want to be looking for weaknesses and attacking them, and because they have a lot of power, uh, and we can't rally cross court with them we want to make sure that we're forcing them to hit down the line. So if they hit a ball, if you can imagine the geometry of the court for a second, if they hit a forehand from the deuce court really hard cross court and it lands deep in the deuce court on the other side, if you take where that ball landed and and kind of shift it around to down the line, that ball is now out. It's long. So if we can force them to hit more shots down the line, they're not used to... Uh, getting that ball to drop down the line. And they're not used to redirecting like that because they've, uh, in juniors, they've, they've rallied cross court their whole lives. So um, what I like to do against these teams is poach a lot, use a lot of net movement. Uh, if you want to use eye formation or Australian formation, you can. And you really have to just accept that they're going to hit a lot of winners. But again, like that story earlier, as long as they only make four out of 10, you're going to be fine because you're winning six out of 10 of those points. So again, don't rally cross court with them and shorten the court for them. So make them hit down the line, Uh, take away their pace. They want to be hitting with pace. So if you can slice and bring them forward, you can lob, that'll frustrate them uh, and then involve a lot of net movement. Uh, Again, I, I'll link to below uh, the show notes to the last episode where I talked about that mixed match, but um, a lot of net movement will force a lot of return errors because they're not used to returning with someone at the net because a lot of the times they've grown up only playing singles. So um, 
Again, uh, these are definitely overgeneralizations, but hopefully this helped you if you struggled to beat uh, a 40 plus team or an 18 to 39 team, um, specifically a team that hits with a lot of power and has a lot of speed or a team that has a lot of consistency, control, variety, and experience. So uh, that's it for this episode. We're going to have more guests on soon, I promise. Um, again, everything will be in the show notes. So you can go to thetennistribe.com slash podcast and you can find the episode there. And I will talk to you in a few weeks. If you're a doubles player, you'll love our weekly doubles newsletter. Every Thursday, we send you doubles tips and strategies to help you improve your game and become a smarter player. When you sign up, you'll get a free 10-page guide on how to play with more confidence and dominate at the net in doubles. You can go to thetennistribe.com to sign up now.